Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, guys. DGS on KMOX. Few minutes past 4 p.m. We have uh, we have our buddies Gene Evans and Ian Mackey here. So what I want to start with you guys, usually we start like national, like what's up with Joe Biden, and then we work our way down. Let's let's do the opposite. Let's start local. So as you guys know, Nick, uh, my son works for Michael Kelly, and they're, you know, gearing up for all these different uh, uh, campaigns and all these different issues and such. Is it too early to preview 2024 for us as far as, okay, here are the big races and here are the big things that were going to be on the ballots. Is it just too early for that? Well, no, I mean, it's not too early to talk about it. Um, I mean, there's certainly a lot of time between now and then. And, you know, I so much of how a race turns out is how candidate A responds to candidate B and vice versa. And we haven't seen that happen yet. I mean, we've not seen Cory Bush and Wesley Bell respond to each other. We haven't seen Mike Kehoe and Jay Ashcroft respond to each other for the most part, although I did see an ad on, on YouTube, like a long minute ad from Mike Kehoe uh, that was pretty interesting, kind mm-hmm. of a little hard hitting. But for the most part, I mean, they're not getting asked. And if they are getting asked by reporters, they're giving very bland answers. They haven't nobody's gotten their feelings hurt too much yet, but that will happen. Yeah. And when that happens, that's when folks will really be judged and we'll start to see a clearer picture, I think. And, and when does that start to happen typically? Um, I mean, feel, well, feelings certainly flared during the legislative session, so that might be <laughs> might be one one time. Um, but I think just going into uh, after next summer, really going into the fall when most people start paying attention in September, October, when the ads are all over television, yeah. when somebody's ad you know makes somebody else angry and upset, and they respond to it. I mean, that that's really when it. When what it happened hits. in the legislative session? You, just in terms of feelings, I mean, people have strong feelings in the legislative session, right? They have priorities. Their names are attached to bills. Um, everything's, you know, dealing in horse trading and somebody's going to screw somebody over and somebody's going to get mad about it. And, you know, stuff well, will happen. Things then. have got really personal, especially in the, the state Senate side of things in the last few years. And that, I think, will reach a, a pinnacle probably this year because you're going to have folks in these state Senate seats who are running for higher office or reelection or whatever but I think, like, so the primaries are really where things are decided in so many of these races, and we were just talking about that. That's the smallest number of voters, usually the most extreme on whatever side. So the most, you know, progressives are going to show up for the Democrat, and the most conservative or right wing are going to show up on the Republican side. But when it comes to, like, the swing districts and the, the general election, I think so much of that is really dictated by the top of the ticket. So, you know, even though it increasingly looks like it is going to be Trump and Biden, nobody feels 100 percent certain. Like a lot of people still think Biden's not going to run or Trump's mm-hmm. not going to make it. But when you start like somebody who works on a lot of elections, 
when I'm looking at some seats that could be a potential general, it's really hard for me to forecast my budget even because I don't know who's going to be at the top of the ticket because if I'm in the suburbs, it matters a lot because Hmm. a lot of folks, you know, Trump drives turnout and a lot of people are going to show up. And I think like in the midterms, it, it kills Republicans, but in the general, like, yeah, it drives, it's going to drive turnout, especially in like these red areas, but it could turn people off in some of the suburbs where they're just like, they don't want Trump. Maybe they used to be a Republican or they're an independent. So they're just going to show up and vote against him, which is D straight down. And so a lot of these, like these more suburban races or any place where there's a swing district, as we call it, um, it, it is less about the candidates are important, but there are some, you know, when I'm looking at races at the top of the ticket and what percent voted that way last time, um, there are races where it doesn't matter who the candidate is, they can't overcome that, including, like, I, I don't think in your race where you said, Ian, I don't think any Republican could beat you. Right. And one is the makeup of the district, and two is I think he does a pretty good job, I'll be honest. But I don't I don't know that, I'm not even sure if that would matter because it's, like, there's nobody, there's no Republican who's going to beat a Democrat in uh, CD1 where Cory Bush is. Yeah. So, like, whoever the candidate is, that doesn't even matter. If you care about beating Cory Bush, you better show up in August. What uh, what do you think Cory Bush's pushback on Wesley Bell would be? Um, I, well, that's a great question. I mean, I personally, it's, you know, where they both came from. They're both, you know, products of the Ferguson uprising and all of the political movements spearheaded in part by Eric Schmidt and Senate Bill 5 that, that we saw as a result of that. Um, they they both, their political voices emerged during that movement together, unified. Um, and I, I I think she sees this, or at least her supporters see this as a personal attack, as a personal slight, as, you know, we're supposed to be on the same team. And when it comes to policy issues, um, you know, I think she's going to push back and probably throw Joe Biden under the bus. I mean, that's what mm. she's done, right? I mean, they'll to Gene's point about the top of the ticket kind of controlling, I think you're going to see Wesley say, Saying, look, I would have supported the infrastructure bill. I would have supported these uh, proposals, bipartisan proposals that 60, you know, we got 60 votes in the Senate for these proposals. Roy Blunt voted for these proposals. Yeah. Why is Cory Bush opposing them? And I think she's just going to say Joe Biden is too moderate. He's not he doesn't represent us. He's not far, far enough to the left. She's more progressive. You know, that sort of squad message that you hear from her and, and, and those fo- folks that she's with. I think it's who gets their voters out. I mean, I, I honestly like it, it's a primary she has a coalition of pro-choice women, uh, Planned Parenthood supporters who motivate a lot of voters and they vote in every primary. And if she holds that coalition together, she's going to be tough to beat. If he can crack that, I think he's got a chance. Yeah. But that group, and if you hang around in liberal circles or go to even business circles in the city of St. Louis or the the inner county, uh, I've been to some events lately that are not supposed to be political events, but they are the most politicized events. I've more so than like going to a, like a Republican central committee. Like all anybody is talking about is politics and the movers and shakers for the most part are women and members of this kind of planned parenthood, reproductive rights coalition. And they've been solidly behind Cori Bush. Um, so I think they're a big key yeah. to whether or not she stays in office. So Cori Bush is kind of kooky. I can say that. Can Wesley Bell say that and get away with it? 
Uh, his supporters, I think, are going to say that for sure. Whether or not he says that, I, I mean, I doubt it. I don't. That's just not been his nature and his disposition. His entire time in politics has been pretty even keeled and, and calm and and sort of you know gentle in his approach. And I think that probably won't change. But I think he's probably going to attack her policy positions, mm-hmm. uh, particularly as they're opposed to President Biden. So if uh, an alien landed and said, "Tell me about uh, American politics," one of the things I would say with pretty great confidence is that. That now we have these guys called Democrats and they're going to get the younger vote. Just don't worry about that. Young people are liberal and then maybe they change later in life. But you're going to get the young ones. They're falling away from Biden. Part of it is Israel and Gaza. Part of it is, as Rach was talking about this new study, where they're like, stop telling stories about the Dust Bowl. Um, how scary is this to you and how hopeful is this to you? Yeah, well, it's his age. I mean, that's more that's more of it than anything is the fact. But but then, you know, that that's fine. That's what they're talking about right now, right? It's easy to criticize if you're 20 if out. you're 20 years old, it's easy to criticize Joe Biden for being 81. But Donald Trump is 78. So what are you going to do in September, October, November of next year? I mean, they're, they're going to come back. But, it, you know, well, they can say whatever they want in the meantime. That's fine. Are you surprised by um the backlash against the administration about its support for Israel. I, I, I have been surprised by this. I knew that a lot of young people in my life, uh, when they came out of university, now I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I just know that when they came out of university, it was, oh, you've been lied to about Israel. Here, let me tell you the real story about this. And they're very pro-Palestine. I knew that. Fine. To each their own. I did not expect 500,000 people at the protest and people ripping down kidnapping posters and, uh, you know, to to hell with Biden, genocide Joe. Total surprise to me. I think that this is much better organized than people realize. I think that there is and I and I know um, when I was running the Missouri Republican Party, we were briefed on actions of these kind of subversive actions where our opponents from different countries are training people to come here and be a part of some of these protests that cause violence. Are there people who believe this? Absolutely. And then they get involved. Um, I also think it's an indictment of our education system, K through 12, as well as university, that more people don't know what the Holocaust was. And as somebody who grew up knowing about it, mainly because my family talked about it, but I've, you know, I've been to Germany, I've been to Dakar, I've been to Israel. I've been to these, some of these places that where people have been slaughtered. Um, and, the, the, I've been to the occupied territories, right? And I've met Palestinian officials. I understand the plight of the Palestinians, but there is absolutely no excuse for this ter- these terrorist attacks. But so many of the kids who are participating from the campuses, they either don't know about the terrorist attack or they don't believe it, right? I'm not like, where are they getting their information? Um, I think at that age, you're easy, easily manipulated oftentimes, and social media is very good at that. But we've always had a younger generation that wants to be sort of anti-establishment, right? And so I think it plays into that. But the the level of horrific terrorism, and the, and the more they dig into this, the more the worse it gets, right? It, it, every time we learn something more, it's more horrific than we originally thought. To not uh, understand and condemn that, and we have people that they won't condemn that that that's beyond the pale. And and that's when I'm like worried about forget the politics. Like what's the next generation when we have so many young people who are praising terrorists and saying, basically, if you say from the river to the sea, you're saying that Israel, that's genocide. Let's destroy the Jewish people and get rid of the country. And don't tell me they're colonizers. Jewish people have been in Israel way longer than we've been here or any of these, you know, these other countries. So it's very frightening to me. And it's something that like, if I think about it, I actually kind of get depressed. Like, 
I really I feel very connected to that time of history and how we overcame this evil. And it's don't forget, like we always remember. And now it's like this is happening. How did this happen? And now it's happening again right in front of our eyes. And it's terrifying. Like what what does that say about our society? Yeah. It's, it feels like it's never been safer to be anti-Semitic. Yeah. yeah. No, that's true. Unfortunately, that's absolutely true. And it's not it. it you know, forget forget the ally part. You're talking about a race a culture that that w- there are many people in this world, including people here in this country, want to eliminate from the face of the earth. We don't accept that when anybody says that about any other culture or religion or race. But somehow, if you stand up to that, you're getting getting it in trouble. Like, when did it become OK? Right. I mean, it, it's it seems like if this were a, another race, maybe there would be a, a stronger reaction. And. It, it's mind-boggling to me, and I always think I can kind of figure out what the motivations are. And in this, I'm 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 flabbergasted. Like, why do people hate Jewish people so much? Like, I, that doesn't it doesn't compute. Um, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll take your phone calls if you like. 424 436 1120 Four twenty-four. Indeed, she asked. Gene Evans is here. Ian Mackey is here. Rachel, you saw Gene Evans called me sexy. I'm I done. Did. <laughs> She was there. Um, did you guys see that someone forgot to check a box in the city and we're going to miss out on it about $600,000 in cannabis taxes? Did see that. How yeah. do you, like, I've been yelled at by bosses before. Uh, yeah. How do you call someone in you your have, office I mean, and, like. You're not governing, but it kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier. It's like, do you want somebody who can govern or you want somebody who can give you great, you know, sound bites and leads a particular group, can motivate a group of voters who are going to go to the poll and show up. And listen, Tashara is smart. There's She is not a dumb person. She was very successful in the legislature. She worked well in a minority to get things done. Um, this, this her administration, though, has not been on top of things, whether it's the ARPA funding, this, the Rams money. Um, if they don't get it together on some of the, the federal money, they're going to lose that, too, because that has to you have to have a plan for that. And you have to disperse it with them with their timelines on all of this stuff. So it's and it's it's just it's six hundred thousand dollars is not a huge amount of money, but when you're talking about you're, you're losing cops, you don't have enough nine eleven people, you can't pick up trash. It's like well, six hundred thousand dollars would go a long way, and it's just mm-hmm. the utter stupidity and um, I'm going to say incompetence of not getting that done and taking it to that step yeah. to make sure that money. And, and then they're fighting over people who don't want to pay the one percent, like those mm-hmm. of you who work down here. Mm-hmm. And, you, and the people who are working remote going, wait a minute, I got to pay taxes, but you're not doing the easy stuff. Right. Like, it's not fair. But you don't get to vote, right? If, unless it, you live in the city. It's such a, a missed opportunity, too. It would be like if you said uh, the fact that we have all this money. Hey, Dave, for uh, a year, every radio is going to be programmed to your show. People have no choice. They're going to hear you. I would be like, here's my chance. It's an opportunity. I'm going to win everybody over. Thank you. Yes. And I look at it the same way. Like, okay, you're going to be the mayor and you're going to have a billion dollars. Like, well, hell yeah. I'm going to leave a mark. I'm. Gonna, it's going to be historic. And if it is so far, I don't see it. It's a shame. I mean, I was just thinking when I was driving down here, like how much I love our downtown. And I, I know it's not as flashy maybe as some other downtowns. I love Union Station, the fountains. The arch is iconic, right? Like what they did on Washington Street. Like we have a lot of really cool architecture all over the stadium area. Like it's a really cool downtown, but it just like I don't even want to come down here. Like it's 
And when I talk to people and I'm like, am I just being overly fear- fearful? They're like, no, and don't go at night. Definitely by yourself. Don't go at night. Don't even drive down there. It's really sad because it's and like there's some cool stuff going on, but we can't seem to get it together. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't um, I don't want that to happen. But between the, the lack of policing and the poor educational opportunities, you know, the, public safety and education are the two things that are really draining the population of the city. And when you're under 300,000 people, are mm-hmm. you even at, I mean, we have, you know, mm-hmm. suburban areas that have right. are closing in on that population. And it seems like something that money can fix. Let's get better teachers. Wisely deployed. Let's get better administrators. Wisely Let's deployed. get, you yes. know, better uh, policing. Let's, you know, money can't fix everything, but it can fix a lot. Efficiencies can fix it too, though. I mean, we are in a spot where other cities, Indianapolis being, I think, the clearest example was in this place in the 80s, a place you didn't want to be, a place you couldn't walk around downtown, a place that was hemorrhaging population. Um, And their state legislature forced that city and county to combine, created a number of efficiencies, public safety chief among them, but also tourism, convention centers, everything else, uh, sports, everything Put under a regional, uh, and we've done some of that to some extent, but there's so much more that we could do to so, be so a city of a million people. You right? guys, to be, as to be a region. smart, engaged politicos, look at St. Louis and go, oh, we could fix it. We could. It's fixable. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely fixable. It's it's hard to get everybody I mean, on the same page, but it's th- fixable. And I think, like, so with the city-county merger, and I was a legislator when they were really pushing for that initially, and my constituents didn't want it. By and large. And the reason that I heard from people is like, we're already getting taxed to fix things in the city. This is just more them taking more resources for us and they're going to take them down there. And I think they were starting to make some headway. But when they made Steve Stanger king. Yeah. And now it's it's sort of like, well, who's going to run it? Like, that's the ultimate question. If we have a city county merger and we have this big entity, who's going to run that? Because the, yeah. the folks that are in charge in St. Louis City and St. Louis County are not super popular and until you have a leader who looks yeah. like somebody who could lead the charge for both of those entities, true. you're going to have a struggle to win people That's over. True. Uh, Gene Evans, Ian Mackey, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. 441 DGS. We- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We'll be here tomorrow. Uh, Best of on Thanksgiving Day. And then there's a football game on Friday. We'll all be back on Monday. Mm Mm-hmm. AI just got real. Let's hear it. Uh, I'm just a little excited. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Scientists say that they haven't perfected it yet, but they are 100% confident that within the year, through AI, we'll be able to talk to chickens. Yes. 
yes. Interesting. No, um, my nightmare. Yeah, I was gonna say like this is not good for. I'm Jeffrey who Dahmer chickens. of chickens. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> They're yeah. gonna have so many questions for me. Yeah. You have you have eaten more entire chickens you than have, like, I think like most the people. The UN setting, you know, where you have like we recognize the you know the gentleman from Venezuela. <laughs> like they have a chicken there, and he's like, "Okay, let's start with eggs. You're eating our babies, okay? Let's just start there. Roasters. What's up with that? Chicken wings. Really? Seriously? And then rubber chickens. You just make each other laugh by going like, "Look, we eat these things." You put a chicken in a pair of blue pants, and you think that's funny somehow? I bet he's the representative. Two men in black so. suits show up to let you know that you've been subpoenaed to the chicken tribunal. Rage is the only person I know who's. Celebrity crush <laughs> is the chicken in the blue pants. Is a, is her, a, is a her, bird in her, denim. Her pass is poultry. <laughs> he's he's hot. What can uh, I say? A bird in some sky blue scrubs, and she's like, Woof. look, just because he looks good in blue jeans, and he, and he has a certain swag he has a about strut. him. He's a bad boy. He there is. is there is a couple of chickens in my neighborhood, and I think the people who were keeping them just kind of loosed them. Yeah. And every so often, I will, like, just see a chicken, like, in the neighbor's crossing front. Crossing the road. Yeah, a ch- literally a chicken crossing the road, like, in my neighborhood. They just kind of wander now. I wonder why and I'm you, like, is anyone why concerned? You would lose a chicken. I don't know. There are, uh, there are a handful of people around me I know who either are currently, or I guess maybe recently, have decided to stop uh, keeping, like, chickens, like, urban chicken urban keepers. Or yeah, something? Like, they keep them in their backyard or whatever, but they're missing a couple of them. <laughs> Could you guys do that? Keep chickens? Yeah. Um, I think in theory I could, but then once it came time to like pick a chicken up, I think I would be pretty freaked out. Their talons uh, freak me out. Yeah. I would love Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> their talons. I would love to keep chickens, but I have heard that they are extremely disgusting and I'm a little bit of a germaphobe. They seem stinky. Yeah, so I think I would I think I'd be too uh, you just heard me say they're gonna be able to talk in like eight months, right? <laughs> now, if I could talk, if we can talk to them, you know, and we can come to an understanding. Like I just want to say that whole stinky thing. I'm really sorry. They stink, and I'm scared of their feet. Hey, listen, if you're not gonna scratch me or poop on me, let's let's talk. We can Still talking friends. chickens. <laughs> that, that goes for anybody. Do you guys see this Stanley water bottle thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, the the car that yeah. caught on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I've been in nuts. on this before. It was cool, haven't I? The Stanley Cup. Yes. Mm-hmm. You got in right whenever all of the It Girls started buying their Stanley Cups. You're an OG. Yeah. That's right. She called it your hot girl cup. So so evidently, uh, a a girl had a Stanley Cup full of ice something, and her entire car burned up, and not only was the Stanley Cup okay, the ice was still intact. Can I get deep for absolutely no reason? Sure. I'm pretty sure (laughs) this is in no way an indictment of Dave because we all do it. But it's Uh funny how we say like a girl when she's like, she's probably like my age. She's probably in her 30s. We would never say like someone Andrew's age. Like there was a boy and he left his Stanley (laughs) Cup. You know what I mean? It's just funny. It was a little lady who was driving her little (laughs) car. A little miss. Uh, I think it's funny. So you saw that the guy uh, from Stanley made a video of his own and he's like, we're going to not just send you a bunch of Stanley product, but we're going to get you a, we're going to replace yeah. your car. But I thought it was funny. Cause he said, now we've never done this before and we'll never do it again. To like, <laughs> him, like don't crash your cars with Stanley cups inside mm, them good for him. <laughs> it's so crazy. Cause my dad had Stanley stuff. Oh really? Oh yeah. Is it the same company? Oh, like the like the tool company? Yeah, for sure. I yeah. had no idea. That's cool. Yeah. He had Stanley thermoses and all kinds of stuff like that. Wow. I had no idea. I, I literally, you were the, I just thought it, 
You were no. the first person to buy one. No, 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 no. In fact, one of the, like, we all have these sweet little memories. Uh, so my dad was a union carpenter, and he took his lunch every day. And if you're picturing a lunchbox, like a, a grown man's lunchbox, not like a $6 million man kind of thing, but, you know, that was his. And once a month he'd come home and he'd be like, look in the lunchbox. And he wouldn't have eaten his ding-dong or something. Aww. Yeah. That's nice. Yes. Very sweet. <laughs> there's a new there's a new cool cup that's coming out. I saw on TikTok. Uh-huh. Yeah. And people were lining up. They were bringing their Stanley Cups in to trade in for oh, the new cup. Lining no. up? No. Yeah, they were lining up at a mall. So it's like a, it's a new Stanley. But it's not from Stanley. It's from a different company, and they're trying to become the new hot cup. I stand against them. Yeah. We, we do I not have. support. We only support one hot girl cup around here. <laughs> Where is Thank your you. Stanley Cup? I haven't seen it in a while. It's in the office. Oh. Okay. Yeah. It's been in there this whole time. I guess I have seen it. It's not crazy about you. So <laughs> it's it's hiding from me. So there is you she, go. She, I put it out there. Is she here today? <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll just stay. Oh, the, look I'll who stay cut the their hair short. This should be great. I'll just stay in the drawer. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 